Hi, you are welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Wale Fatade, and thanks for joining us. In today's episode, we discuss banditry and kidnappings in Nigeria. Why insecurity is common in Nigeria, the northern region has been most affected. And this is due to Boko Haram attacks, banditry, farmers, ex-men conflicts, and kidnapping. Speaking to us is Sheriff Folari, a professor of political science and a peace and conflict scholar at the Covenant University Hotel here in Nigeria. He starts by answering the question, what do you think is responsible for the rising cases of banditry in Nigeria? Without any sense of diffidence, and I know it's also at the risk of being politically incorrect, uh, it's also, I also run the risk of being immodest. But the fact remains that everything is traceable to leadership failure on all ends. Now, what do I mean by leadership meltdown or failure? Now, when Boko Haram started many years ago at the highest level, it was considered a hoax. It was seen as a, a party, a partisan thing that the uh, rival political party is uh, you know, mobilizing some youths, some disgruntled elements, some unemployed youths to destabilize um, you know, uh, the, the state at the time and make it ungovernable for the government that was in place at the time. Now, when it became a reality that Boko Haram was not a hoax, but it was real, that was when we began to have government showing some more interest. And then we began to hear such suggestions as negotiating with Boko Haram, uh, maybe probably giving them some kind of uh, whatever it is that they wanted so as to leave Nigeria alone, make Nigeria remain peaceful and things like that. Now, because it was an untamed monster at the time, and because we also trivialized it and we made, we made it a business enterprise where we began to have negotiation from one side uh, or the other, and we began to have situations where settlements are made and ransoms are paid. Boko Haram that you fail to tame today or you negotiate ransom with today is going to become the bandits tomorrow. The bandits that you fail to tame today, or you begin to sit down to negotiate ransom with today, is going to become the kidnappers tomorrow. The kidnappers who fail to tame today, or you, you are beginning to negotiate ransom, will become the, uh, the killer headsmen tomorrow. So that's the problem. It's a vicious circle we, we face in this country. We can trace this back to about uh, 20, 20, 2012, 2013. So it's not something that started today but it's worsened. Now, the second perspective of leadership failure is when you have little or no economic plan to be able to reverse the uh, growing unemployment, you are likely to create a very fertile ground for a very large army of unemployed youth. And when you have a large army of unemployed youth, then of course you have the tendency to have some of these youth making themselves available for whatever is available. And that's why you find that there seems to be a recruitment of a very large you know, um, army of youths in all of these so-called bandits, all of these so-called gangs, armed gangs that we have all around the country. That's leadership failure on, on, on the other side. Professor Falani just affirmed that lack of employment opportunities for the large army of Nigerian youth contribute to the growing cases of banditry in Nigeria. Globally, uh, in recent times, there seems to be a breakdown of law and order all over. We are beginning to have situations where people are throwing caution to the winds, and then it just kind of, uh, you know, they form all sorts of uh, 
uh, armed gangs that are terrorizing society, not only in Nigeria, but of course in other parts, in some other parts of the world. You find there seems to be that tendency for a breakdown of law and order. In Nigeria, we have those who carry arms to, uh, to fight because uh, they have some uh, you know, grievances against the state. We have those who carry arms to fight because they are unemployed, like the ones we just identified. We have those who carry arms to fight because they want to destabilize the system because of a particular political party that is, that is in power. And then, of course, they want to just make the thing look so bad so that in four years' time, they could have the opportunity, they could have something to always uh, you know, make reference to. And then that will be the platform on which they will, uh, uh, you know, they will be elected or they might be elected. It's not in all cases that you have such breakdown of law and order. Places that you have very um, dynamic and uh, effective leadership and a responsible leadership, there is a likelihood of, uh, of not having such, such terrorist you know, bans uh, really having a headway. Who are the people who describe as bandits? Are they in any way different from cattle rustlers or armed headsmen who have also been accused of committing similar crimes as those of bandits? The modus operandi of um, the bandits, Boko Haram, so-called Fulani headsmen, and in some cases, these kidnappers in the northeast, north central, and some parts of northwest um, is the same. I, I, I think. I think um, from the moment that uh, the, the moment of the advertisement by the government that they had technically defeated Boko Haram. I mean, suddenly after the technical defeat and of course the lull, and then they are they are they are coming back was such that they did not come back just as Boko Haram. Remember, they, they came back now as having ISWAP, the so-called breakaway faction of Boko Haram that was that became much more violent in approach and that you know um, that that did not believe in compromise of any of any sort. Now there was it was that period that we began to have bandits beginning to rear their ugly heads. Now, you see, my own suspicion is this. I think that Boko Haram. Uh, is uh, is it's a kind of uh, a deflection strategy. The, the goal is to see to it that they get to their target. Now they have that government in place that seems to have a soft spot or that seems to be weak, you know, in place. So this is just the best time. There is no other time than now for them to quickly spread out and manifest in as manifest in many ways, as many ways as possible, to be able to reach that target before the expiration of this particular political dispensation. What would you recommend as solutions to the rising cases of banditry and men in Nigeria? Now, it's not about ethnicity. It's not about who comes from where and who gets what, when and how. But it's more about, do we have those that are really competent in these uh, you know, security agencies? Those who are in the leadership of the security agencies, are they competent enough? Are they, are they people that are, they are a product of a well thought out process? Do we have people that can really protect the interest of Nigeria or they will protect the interest of their principal? Now, these are things that we should, we should consider. So a major solution to this, crisis, to this crisis is to see to it that there is a leadership change, not by a coup, but of course, by the ballot. We have just two more years. Once we use the power of the ballot and we do it in such a very dispassionate way, we are likely to get the leadership that we deserve and leadership that can deliver. So the government, the government of the day should be, um, should live up, should, should live up to expectation. 
they should remove for once that 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 you know that uh, uh, garment of ethnic affiliation and please just consider what uh, it is for Nigerians to stay together and stay safe at all times because we don't have any other country but this country. Banditry and kidnappings are on the rise in Nigeria. Recently, 27 students, three teachers, and a dozen family members were abducted by government in Kagara, Niger State. This is the latest in a rising wave of mass abduction and attacks in Nigeria. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Sifa Mosokwea. For me, Wale Fatadin, it's bye for now. <laughs>